What's at the heart of content marketing? Why should I even do content marketing in the first place? How do I get the best results from it? If these are some of the questions you have, don't take our word for it. Let's talk content marketing with industry professionals. Discover its power and confront its challenges so that you can stand out from your competition. Join Ethan and Hendrik Baird from Baird Media and let's talk content marketing. Okay, so today I'm chatting to Tatenda Ziambi. He's a person I worked with ages ago at Tax FM and we reconnected recently on LinkedIn, realized we're both in the marketing space. So I decided let me bring him onto the podcast. Let's talk about what he's involved with and kind of just chat all things marketing. So before we talk about like the main topic, can you maybe introduce yourself? Talk a little bit about your career history. Thanks for having me on, Ethan. I'm in digital marketing. So I started studying law, still trying to finish my law degree right now. But I then did a bunch of um, you know short courses in digital marketing. And once I left you know, university, I worked in radio for a little bit. Uh, well, not a little bit, three years. That was a pretty long time. And then I made the jump into digital marketing. So currently, I'm in charge of a couple of brands, I think, uh, here in Zoom. So one of the biggest ones probably, I think, is uh, Black Label and Castle Lights. We do, like the agency I work for, we handle all of the, the digital properties and just the general marketing. So that's, you know, a SparkNotes version of what I do, just, you know, sort of my history and what I'm doing right now. Awesome. So I think what would be super interesting is to discuss these kind of big brand marketing campaigns and what they entail. So. Let's kind of talk about, okay, you've got a brand, let's say, for example, Black Label, one of these huge brands. How does an agency like yours plan and execute a marketing campaign? Okay, so we have pretty much what you would uh, call like a 360 approach to it. So that's where it's your traditional media, your newspapers and so on and so forth. You've got your digital properties as well. And now you're having all kinds of new media that's also kind of coming through, which kind of falls technically under the purview of digital, for example. WhatsApp, that's now kind of like kind of a really big thing and trying to get people to sign up to WhatsApp and trying to extrapolate data from that and trying to understand what you can do. So, which was a little tricky at first because as you can understand WhatsApp privacy, my number and so on and so forth. But that's sort of how we approach it. We've got a three, 360 degree approach to it. So typically when, let's just say, brief comes in, so it'll be disseminated from the account executive down to someone like myself who's a digital marketing executive. So I'll focus on the digital stuff and they'll focus on the other on the other assets, uh, whether it's TV, uh, print, and so on and so forth. So it's a pretty all-encompassing or time-consuming thing because you'd imagine you get this thing and these campaigns minimum, it's like six months. So you're literally just stuck doing that for, you know, you've got like your, your planning phase, then you send it to your clients. <laughs> your clients may not like what you do a lot of the time. You have that back and forth. So, you know, you usually get these peeps about two or three months before it starts. So you're pretty much looking at about a six to nine month window where you've got one campaign and that's all you're pretty much doing. And that's pretty much how we kind of approach it. So I'm involved mostly with small businesses, right? So we do smaller campaigns for startups and that kind of stuff. And the budgets with those kinds of things are reasonably small, obviously, because people have limited budget for marketing. With these big campaigns, what's the kind of spend that is required to make these things actually work? Oh, man. Good question. I guess um, because I think in particular with what happened with COVID, I think we were very lucky that I suppose the clients that we have are some of these like legacy uh, sort of brands, right? So 
they weren't necessarily adversely affected by it. But some of the other smaller clients that we had, I think if I could give a ballpark figure, I think when things were all well and good, so if you have a national campaign, you could easily have like a minimum budget of like, I don't know, 300, 400,000 US dollars. I don't really know what that is in, in, in rent, but I'm sure you can then kind of work that out. And then for some of the smaller guys, you know, it might be between like about 50 to like 100,000 US dollars. So what now then happens is that, okay, there's COVID and, you know, businesses are needing money. They can't spend as much. So now they come to Mr. Digital and put all of their, and all their hopes on me to try get the, try get the message out there, which was all well and fine because that's kind of the way, you know, we're, we're trending. And I think for a digital marketing campaign right now, I suppose like if you're going to do, you know, the usual channels, like your YouTube, you, you know, your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Google ads and so on and so forth. We could easily do somewhere between about minimum of about 10 grand up to upwards to about 20. That's not the exact, it just always depends, but digital, I suppose 10,000 to 20,000 benefits like national we might be, yeah, easy, easily somewhere between three, three hundred to five hundred thousand US dollars. Yeah, so basically, a hundred thousand US dollars is like one point five million rand, something like that. That's super interesting because one of the things that I know that small businesses struggle with is getting a return on investment on platforms like Google, Facebook, etc. Because you do have to spend like a reasonable amount to get the return that you're looking for. Let's say, okay, I'm your client. I've got 20,000 US dollars. I want to spend a digital marketing campaign. How are we splitting that up? Well, I suppose, well, maybe let me change that up a little bit because the market that I'm in right now, Zimbabwe, it is wildly different from whatever you might have learned in whatever course or degree that you may have done because you pretty much just have to, because it's kind of going counterintuitive to what I, what I was saying, that's what I was saying, but you kind of almost have to have a real sense of, what the market wants and needs. So if, for example, client A comes to me and they tell me, okay, I've got this uh, expensive uh, cologne or perfume brand, right? That I want to do a digital marketing campaign for here in Zimbabwe. I'll be like, well, they don't really have like the disposable income or the money to spend to buy your products. So I'll usually, again, this is counterintuitive as a digital person. I'll then tell them like, no, you're better off going to where they're going to be buying their things, whether it's like Edgar's or what's where the people are actually going to be, we've got the money to buy it. But if we have something that we feel that, okay, we can, you know, really run on Facebook or Google and so on and so forth. Facebook is by far, by and far, the most used platform in Zimbabwe. I wouldn't know about South Africa, but from what I've seen from the stats, like on, on, on the ad spins uh, in Africa, I think it's, it's by and far the, lot, the, the largest uh, platform that most people use. So you want to put at least about give or take 30 to 40% of your budgets towards Facebook and Instagram. If you're able to have a big enough budget, say the 20 grand, then the other, you can place like another 20 to 30 on, on YouTube because a lot of people are on YouTube nowadays. And then the rest is now just a mix and match in terms of like, okay, depending what it is, it's probably going to be something that some Twitter people might like, or you might, or if it's something more business oriented, you might focus on LinkedIn. But that's how I would typically attach it. Facebook, Google, YouTube, they typically get you better results as opposed to if you want to do something specifically like on Twitter. But that's what the Zimbabwe market. So I hope no one takes this as gospel and tries to use it in like South Africa or Egypt. That actually speaks to a broader truth, which is that there's no one-size-fits-all marketing campaign, right? I think people want to believe that you're going to do one thing, you're going to pay this amount of money, and then you're going to get this amount of return. And the reality is that it's a lot more complicated than that. Like 
I, I know that from our own experience, we've tested a bunch of stuff just for our own marketing. And like, we could just run a generic Facebook campaign and get zero results because that's not the platform that is required for this product or service or whatever the KPI for this campaign is. And that's where getting experienced marketing people on board is really important who know the market and who know this industry. And something that we struggle with sometimes is that I don't want to take on a project where I don't know that I'm going to be able to deliver on it. And if you're going to come to me and you're going to tell me, okay, I have this product that you know nothing about, and I want to market it to this audience that you know nothing about. Ultimately, I shouldn't be doing that campaign, or I should be finding someone that understands the market that we can run with the campaign, right? So speaking about Zimbabwe, there's specific socioeconomic factors in Zimbabwe that are different to South Africa, that are different to Egypt, that are different to every other country. To summarize, you really just have to get the people who understand the market and who understand the product on board before you spend a bunch of money. No, for sure. And if I could just jump into that, it's not that you might not necessarily, you can, you can be a person like myself, right, who may not know about the market or anything like that. And in truth be told, especially when, because we get a bunch of people come to us pitching their new products and so on and so forth, and they tell us, okay, we want to launch this and we want to use digital, we want to use this channel. So we will typically tell them, that, okay, look, it's going to take us maybe at least like a month or two for us to do some focus groups and proper marketing research. But now a lot of clients don't really want to invest in that marketing research. And that's now kind of like, okay, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to pretty much more or less just guess. I would like to say guess, guess and sort of like, okay, if this product, I'm guessing likely A, B, C, D. And that's perhaps where experienced marketers will come in because they know they've done this. But the one thing that I'll always implore clients to do, and maybe I'm sure you probably might do, but... That marketing research, it's so, so key because you can get a lot of insights, you know, just doing the initial groundwork, trying to find out what people want, uh, how they feel about it, where they probably would, where the target market is likely going to be found. So that's a fight we have a lot of the time, even when some of our existing clients want to launch new products. And we say, okay, cool, you, you ideated this. Can we have a look at your market research for this? How did you come up with it? And a lot of the times we'll just say, oh, no, we, one of our bosses saw some YouTube video. Their kids told them about something <laughs> in America and we want to do that. And that's marketing in a nutshell. For you. It's, it's always just about if, if, you, if, you, if you don't have the research, you're pretty much just going to have to guess. Or like you said, you'd rather not touch it because you don't want to not to live on something. One thing that I've been curious about, so obviously you're involved in digital marketing. Traditional marketing still exists, and you said you do 360 approaches as an agency. So for your market specifically, let's talk about Zimbabwe. What is the role of traditional channels in the marketing mix in Zimbabwe nowadays? So I think what you're seeing is a bit of, because obviously with uh, your print, print is slowly but surely dying a natural death, right? So I think what tends to happen now, if some looking at print, for example, before I move on to the other ones, if they've got some early adopters who are able to quickly realize that they kind of need to get their business online and, you know, so you're pushing your website and then you're pushing your socials like your Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and so on and so forth, then the certain uh, print media houses that we know, that we, that we see, they have actually got a strong online presence like that. Then obviously it's just a, another talk about can we place our ads on your website? Can we have like an informational thing on your on your social media pages? 
but Prince is, is as a just generally speaking, I think in Zimbabwe is one of the last few countries in Africa where I think actual prints, like print newspapers, I think they're I'm trying to remember what this what the circulation numbers were for the Herald, but they it's still pretty high. It's still pretty high, but it is way down than what it used to be. For radio, radio stands undefeated, I think. Uh, as long as you've got a very strong personality and you know some of these radio programs are going to be always listened to. Let me say the freedoms that you guys enjoy in terms of what you can say on here, but still, <laughs> you've got some people who've got a large enough following who are on radio that you'd want to advertise with uh, with radio and TV as well. In our case, we only really have one television station, so it's not like you really have too much of a choice, but you know that certain times, like the 8 o'clock news or in the morning, like with the news programs and so on and so forth, you know that there's going to be a big talk, there's going to be a big audience watching and uh, a lot of our clients will want to have their, their ads placed on there. That's it. In Zimbabwe, radio is, is the biggest, uh, followed by TV and then print, depending on how big the online presence is. It's also kind of on a decline. But yeah, I guess we'll see in a couple of years where they stand. And then how do you measure the return on investment for these giant campaigns? Well, I think obviously the one thing that you can't necessarily run away from is sales. Because I think Zimbabwe, more than any other country right now, considering the economic conditions that we are under, what companies just want is uh, to see sales. And what we usually will typically then ask our clients is then to say, okay, cool, we're going to start our campaign on this date. So please, can you just, because we they'll usually give us a bit of an indication of what's the average sales are in about a month and sort of like comparative to like the previous period. And then once we start a campaign, after the first month, we'll then have a sit down and we'll have a look at how the sales figures are, are working. I know one of the big things that we really want to do is push digital and Zim, but the unfortunate thing is digital, I think people are very resistant to it. Okay, awesome. Um, so then I want to talk a bit about what do you think is the future of marketing and digital in Zimbabwe? We have this joke that we have as digital marketers here in Zim that any sort of digital innovation that you see that's now, um, you know, being popular in America and then I guess South Africa, probably South Africa, Egypt will probably be one of the first African countries to get it. We're like perhaps 10 years behind that. So it's always like a game, a constant game of catch up, uh, as it were. Cause I think like one of the best examples I can give, I think when we first got, um, I don't know what the technical term is, but data, like 3GP, all of that stuff. I think in SA, you guys probably had it around like, what, 2005, 2006. It took us all the way up until 2010 for us to get that. So just to give you a bit of context. So now when you see all sorts of nice, um, you know, innovations, like you see um, these things, like where people scan, scan certain things, and then you've got virtual reality, you've got like the metaverse, it might take a while before that kind of, takes place, takes a hold in Zim. But my hope and my belief is that once Zimbabwe fully embraces the digital revolution, as it were, that this is how things are going and this is how most businesses should be. You know, so the right investments are made in the, in the different types of infrastructure that are necessary to facilitate that. Then I think, you know, Zimbabwe can really go, go far because I think we're still kind of slightly behind in a sense where we're still more or less relying on a lot of, a lot on you know the tried and tested uh, things like your traditional media uh, because you know that's sort of what may work and then if you try anything too new digitally speaking it's either going to be a hit or more often than not it's, uh, it can be a miss because 
people either don't know how to use it. They don't know how to, I think the best example we could, could give was like when during the pandemic, we had, uh, you know, clubhouse and audio rooms. We, we, we tried so hard with a lot of our clients to do things along those routes, but you know, the market just wasn't really responding to that. And a lot of the time, unfortunately, you see that it's not like people aren't on it, but when you've got mass market products and mass market, it means having access to the right kinds of phones and having data to be able to participate in things like this. A lot of people in the mass market, from a mass market perspective, they don't have that. So I am hopeful that once that is available, once the right investment site, like I said, has been made, then I think digital marketing is obviously the future. It's just a little slow, but you kind of just have to have patience with it. And, you know, eventually, like I said, things should work themselves out. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, whether that's five years or 10 years from now, when I can say that we're at least on an even footing with you guys in South Africa, uh, it's hard to say, but we'll see. We'll just have to see. Awesome. Tatenda, thank you so much for your insights today. Super interesting, especially in terms of planning big campaigns. It's an aspect of marketing that not a lot of marketers have access to. So very, very valuable. If anybody wants to find you, um, how do they do so? Oh, it's pretty simple, Ethan. I am not one of these people who goes and uses uh, some funny name like uh, at not page 64. <laughs> All you got to do is just type in uh, Tatenda Ziambi on most things. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you'll just find me there. I'm all over it. I even got on TikTok the other day, actually. Okay, Tazeva, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. All right, cool. Thanks, Ethan. If you want to join the conversation, find Ethan and Hendrik on LinkedIn. Also, visit the Baird Media website to look at the range of content services we provide. You will find all the links in the podcast description. Next time on Let's Talk Content Marketing. It's not necessary to get a professional designer. Let's be honest. Professional designers, they come at a premium price. Canva designers, such as myself, we kind of like give professional designers a run for their money. This has been a paid media production.